Fearless. Chase. Bold. Following. Courageous. Search. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marshall. And this is Undaunted Pursuit. But anyway, yeah, no, welcome. Welcome to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. Awesome. Pumped to be here. Heck yeah. No, we had, uh, it's been awfully hectic here lately. I'm sorry, I didn't, normally our onboarding process to get guests on here, we would send you a, a list of questions, but I never got around to it. I'm so busy. No worries. <laughs> As you can I'm, understand. I, I tend to, I tend to be pretty good at winging it anyway, so it's, uh, it kind of works out that way. Well, I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to talk about anything that you can't answer anyway. I'm not going to put you on the spot, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shut this window behind me because otherwise that'll work better. So, yeah. But anyway, no, I'm just getting off a, just getting off of work now and. Well, see, I'm over on Pacific time zone and you're on the Eastern, so. Yeah, you can, can't get too well. You can get a little bit further from me, but not too much. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So we got one of our guys, um, he, a freestyler. He's out of Utah mm-hmm. and everything. So Salt Lake City is where he's oh, from. Oh, sweet. Yep. So, I, we go there quite often. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. We love, because that's the halfway meeting point for my in-laws to pick up. You know, if we wanted to meet and they wanted to see the kids or something, that's halfway because they live in Phoenix. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm a West Coasty. I like the West Coast. Uh, that's where I was born and raised out in out in Los Angeles. So oh, cool. Um, but so I really enjoy the West Coast. But God has us on the East Coast right now. So nice. What it nice. Is. Well, we better introduce you. You. This is uh, we've been talking so far here, but uh, we got a. New friend of ours, Tim Wilkinson from Zero Gravity Outreach, and we're glad to have you on the on the podcast. Yeah, pumped to be here. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you've been busy. Oh, it's crazy, but it always is. It's all good. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to find some time out of your busy out of each of our busy schedules. I've been in yeah, the woods. Yeah. I've been in the woods hunting for the past four days, so I'm just getting back to reality. <laughs> there you go. You just pulled you just pulled the gloves off from gutting your Whitetail or something? Or? Yeah, yeah, sure Not enough. Well, crazy story is I I shot, um, I shot a buck, and, and like as soon as I shot him, he fell down and he he laid there for a minute, and I I put another round in. And I was sitting there waiting for it, you know, because normally I'll just sit and wait. He got up and ran into the woods. I we spent two hours trying to find him, and never did. Yeah, I've, I've had that happen a couple of times. My brother and I, we used to, we lived in the UP, Upper Peninsula, Michigan, for a little bit. It was my last, one of my last duty stations in the military. Oh and, yeah. Um, so we we started bear hunting, and oh. that kind of turned into a thing where we got pretty good at it. And so next thing you know, we had people calling us to wanna to guys. So we've had some pretty interesting interesting stories. Actually, I got a shirt. That is a Michigan university. I'm not even now a University of Michigan fan. I don't really even follow football, but I had this Michigan shirt. One of the things we would do is when we go into our, you know, set up our bait, get everything all situated, mm-hmm. um, we would leave one of our shirts out there so that when the bear would come in, they'd kind of get used to our scent being in oh, there already. So we'd leave idea. our shirt, we'd leave our shirt hanging, and we just bring an extra shirt and swap out. And just sure. after we got done working, you know, you're sweating a little bit because you're getting everything ready. So you just leave your shirt hang. So then they get used to you coming in. Well, when we came in the next day, I went mm-hmm. to swap the shirts out. My shirt was gone from up in my tree stand. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought the wind blew it away or something like that. Well, we ended up harvesting like a 400 pound bear. Whoa. Um, we, we tracked it. We tracked like a black bear. We tracked it into the den where he got into and um got the bear out and then my shirt was in their den so oh, dang. so they got so one of them one of the bear got up into my i don't know if that one did or whatever but one of the bear got up into up into my tree stand took my shirt so i got this michigan shirt with all these holes in it from them yeah so well that's, that's my a michigan bear shirt but anyway heck yeah that's a nice one to keep around you know it yep it's it's ratted out, it's ripped up, but it's got a good story. No oh boy. Well, Mar- looks like uh, Marshall just joined us. Sweet. Hey, Marshall. Yeah, it's about time you join us. We've been talking here for a little while now. Like four hours. Yeah. Well, you're 
Oh boy, you're having some connection issues there. That that kind of hurts a little bit. All right, man. We'll just run this one without you. We'll talk at we'll talk at you later then. Yeah, because it's really cracking. <laughs> All right. He's on a Marshall is on a like uh, work training uh, down in Fort Worth. Okay. Uh, Fort Dallas Fort Worth area. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, he doesn't have his usual equipment either. Yeah, I know. All right. So, can. so yeah. So you were from. How long did you, you were on a, at a duty station then, right? Up in yeah, in Michigan, in Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. I was on a remote duty station. Actually, I was with the national guard full time there in Michigan. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Were you always national guard or what did you, where did you get your. No, I started in the air force. So oh, I'm nice. enlisted in the air force as an aircraft mechanic. I worked on reconnaissance planes. Um, mm-hmm. So did that for the first portion of my career and. Once my wife and I got married, um, about two years into it, it was just, it was a hectic pace because I was just gone. When our aircraft would leave, yeah. I would have, I would go with it. Cause like I said, with the reconnaissance birds, everybody, we had a specific team that has, um, uh, security clearances to be able to work on those specific aircraft. And so when they would leave, our team would go with. And so sometimes I'd be home for, a week, sometimes two weeks, and then I'd be gone for two months or whatever. And so it was just a very hectic operational tempo. Mm-hmm. When and same being a single guy, no big deal. But right. once, um, once we got married, had kids, or had our first child, then it was like, okay, we got to make some changes here. So got out of that, started in uh, in military police with the with the National Guard, and oh, then nice. did that for a little while, and and. Um, yeah, and that's where I ended up finishing. You know, after bouncing around with with the Air Force, some. How many? How, how long was that? How many years was that? Twenty three years total is what I did active oh duty altogether. So yeah, so I actually ended up retiring from the military. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, you did. You did way more than your time was worth yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you know what? It's it's one of those things where it was twenty three years. I I wouldn't trade it for anything. I loved my time in the military. I mean, there's ups and downs, but at the same time. I'm enjoying retirement now, which gives me the, my wife and I the ability to do ministry. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. You know, what, where did, so how did you come up with, or how did God inspire you to start zero, zero gravity outreach? You know, it was, it's a really, that's, that's a very interesting story kind of, I guess to me anyway. Um, I didn't accept the Lord till I was 30. Mm -hmm. So it was well into my military career that um that i just ended up hitting a wall like the world um you have all these expectations you're this military guy you're doing all this stuff so you have all these expectations all this weight um that is on you and it just got to the point where i just i hit a wall and so anyway um long story short i got to that place god got my attention because i had nothing left in the tank and once i became a christian i was like okay god now what you know and the problem for me was, is once I became a Christian, I was too wild for the people at yeah. the church. <laughs> but yet at the same time, I didn't fit anymore with in the direction my life was going previous to that, that sure. time, you know, with that. So I didn't really fit anywhere. Like I was like raced motocross growing up, did the whole skateboarding thing out on the West Coast. We'd sneak into swimming pools and when they were <laughs> in the wintertime and go skateboarding and all that stuff. And um, but but so I was like, okay, God, well, um, you know, people at the church think I'm too over the top. Um, obviously I can't go back to where I came from because, you know, you got a hold of me now and, and I don't want to anyway. Right. And so now what? And so he gave me a vision and, and I, so I came home one day, um, and I told my wife, I'm like, God told me to buy a dirt bike. <laughs> and she just started laughing at me. And um, she's like, you don't need to use God for an excuse to buy a dirt bike if that's what you want, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, no, really. He told me, I mean, trying to like, he told me to buy a dirt bike. And then I gave her this vision yeah, that he showed me a vision of doing extreme sports, freestyle motocross, drift cars, all that type of stuff. And we were going to share the gospels. And I shared this vision that I had stand. We didn't even have, I didn't even have a bike anymore yet or any mm-hmm. of that type of stuff. And so. I said, God gave me a vision where I was standing on top of the mobile landing with my hands up in the air saying, you know, give praying over people and their other people had their hands up and they were dedicating their lives to the Lord. And so she's like, she thought I was nuts and everything at first. <laughs> um, 
And then, so I bought a dirt bike. We bought some cameras. We bought all these things. And there was a long story short, um, that started in about 2006. 2010 was our very first event when we did ex- with the freestyle motocross and the street bike stunt riding and all that kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2012, we did our first event. We were at uh, a festival in Wisconsin. And there was probably at our performance, probably, I don't know, 150, 200,000 people were at this place. It was huge. And so all these people are there. So this, this, some of the people that were typically, my wife is behind the scenes and and all that stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, then, uh, so she, they said, Hey, you stand out in front, watch what's going on. And, and, you know, so you can check it out and kind of see the whole thing. And so here it goes where all of a sudden I'm standing on top of this mobile landing with my hands up in the air, praying over all these people. And she came up to me after the crying, like, oh, I'm boy. so sorry. I can't believe I, you know, thought you were nuts and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of used to that. Everybody's <laughs> always kind of told me that. And, um, but it was just, it was, I mean, I guess I say all that, like zero gravity started from this, not fitting in the, in the typical Christian circles, if you want to say that, like everybody has this, Typically, what I what I found again, me not growing up in a Christian household, mm-hmm. and then, um, so I didn't have this this bubble that was like the expectation of what a Christian looks like or doesn't look like or whatever. So I didn't have any of that with it. Well, and some would um, say that's a good thing. You know? Yeah, it's. I think you know what there's its pluses and minuses. You know, because I've had to learn a lot of things mm-hmm. outside of that. But at the same time, I don't have any of these preconceived notions of what a relationship with God looks like. Right. You know what I mean? So it opens up an awful lot of doors where when God says, when, when I read, God says all things are possible. I'm like, okay, all things are possible. I don't have this box that says, well, this is, and this isn't, and this is why this is, or this is why this isn't. If God says it's possible and yeah. I just figure if it's in his will, then gloves are off. Let's go. You know? And that's really how it ended up when it came down to it. And everybody, so then, um, then everybody at the church when I started saying, hey, I believe that God's calling us to reach those people that are like me, the unchurched, mm-hmm. the ones that have fallen through the cracks, the ones that everybody else is, just thinks is too over the top or done this or done that. God's calling us to minister to those people. Um, and I said he wants to use extreme sports. Everybody else within the, the Christian community, where we were at anyway at the time, they, they just said, uh, we don't see it. And I'm like, well, that's okay because I do. And yeah. we're just, we're just still going and we went for it. And now it's, it's grown to, to the point where we're all over the country, you know, partnering with churches and groups and just going into these communities and these places, reaching the unchurched, reaching the ones that people would say have fallen through the cracks. That's awesome. And, you know, I've had that conversation here lately. Uh, I just did a podcast not too long ago and brought up the fact that, you know, when Moses was interacting with God on the mountaintop. He had to put him in a crack because he couldn't necessarily, he couldn't look upon the face of God and live. Well, the, the wording live would be, it kind of means that he couldn't continue to be normal, relatable, you know? And so that's what that, that's what that means. And we've, I've since then had a a bunch of different conversations um, regarding that as far as, you know, he wants those people just like you to be, he needs you to be relatable. If you were to look upon the face, it, it had Moses looked upon the face, he'd been changed so dramatically that he wouldn't be relatable to anybody. So it's awesome that you take a, that God would take a person like you in extreme sports. And he needs you to be relatable to that crowd to expand his kingdom. Yeah. Well, he built me a certain way to do a certain thing. Like me, I wasn't that guy. Like, part of us, what we, what God's motivated us to do is two things. One is to reach in, is to, is to encourage people within the church to live. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? You know what I mean? It doesn't mean a lot of our experience when I've seen, when I've walked into different places where you got people kind of hanging their heads or whatever and like, Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. And just like, I'm just kind of doing, you know what I mean? Like their heads are kind of hanging a little bit. And, uh, and then, and I'm just like, yeah, I, that's not, that's not what I, 
No. That's not my place, right? That's not what I want to be. I'm in. I'm rolling into church playing. Like now, I don't listen. Didn't listen to Ozzy Osbourne anymore. I put up the ACDC, all that stuff. I got yeah. that. But I started rolling up with Skillet and Thousand Foot Crutch, and yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm cranking that stuff. Rolling into the parking lot at church, and everybody's like, "Whoa!" Like I'm just like, "Well, God says to go for it, so let's just go for it. Let's take the gloves off and take this thing for a ride." You know? Exactly. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go as far as we can, and um, now now you know people are like you know you guys are just crazy and it's like well yeah but god loves crazy people which is where the whole hashtag yeah, your coin, uh, your... <laughs> comes comes to where all of a sudden we're like you know when i all of a sudden one day when i said that i was like god loves crazy people and there and i was like hey that's kind of a thing but he wants he wants people that are crazy for life like crazy to be willing like what other people would say you guys are crazy because you're taking it to that whole next place right well i mean he wants us to live it christianity's difficult in a way but he doesn't want us to be um what's the word he, he, it it's not supposed to be boring yeah and that's well, why i love what you do is that you you make christianity fun yeah well it's not supposed to be passive it's kind of like god wants it's like anything when you look at it he wants full commitment i remember yeah. the first time when i first started hitting freestyle ramps and and so I'd rode dirt bikes. I'd done all that stuff. But freestyle is a whole nother level. It's a whole different place, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're hitting this eight foot, you know, two inch ramp. It's, you know, it's got this certain thing and it's launching you 40 feet in the air, 75 feet yeah. in distance, right? And so this thing, when I was running at it, it looks like it literally looked like a wall, like you're running up this wall. And, and so you go and I peel like, the first probably hour and a half, I'm charging this ramp. I peel off, charge the ramp, peel off. I would just, I would just totally bail on, on doing it. And then, but, but what, and then it gets to the point where you hit this one spot. When you go, you're mm -hmm. fully committed and you're not turning back. Right. Yeah. There is no, like if you turn back, you're going to get hurt. You're going to die. Something bad is going to happen. Right. Yeah. At the very least a, a hospital ride. Um, and so I got to that place, fully committed, hit the ramp. Um, and, and I came up short and I crashed really hard, but I jumped back up and I was so excited that I did it. I didn't even check my bike. I just picked it up, brushed everything off. I went and hit it again. The point, my, the point is, is that, that God, he's just looking for full commitment and he's mm -hmm. going to, he's, even though we may come up short, he's going to take us the rest of the way. Like, cause he's called us to that place. Yeah. You know? I know yep. I know exactly what you're saying. Oh yeah, yeah, that you telling that story reminds me of um, back when we were kids. You know, I grew up, I grew up riding. I had friends that rode, and um, I never did any motocross. I always been a pretty big guy. I, I have you know, I skateboarded in high school. I and then I yeah. fell into the, <laughs> and then I fell into the uh, riding dirt bikes and four wheelers and all that crowd. And, uh, we actually had a neighbor that built us a twelve foot uh, tabletop. There you go. Yeah. Well, and here I am jumping this thing on a, uh, on a bear tracker, you know, a young <laughs> bear tracker. And, uh, just like that, I hit it wrong and I went off the side and instead of, instead of, uh, landing it, I yeah. ran off the side and flipped it, you know, but I just, I was committed. But that's what happens. <laughs> you get, you get to the certain spot where no matter what you do, you're going over it. Like you're yeah. committed. You in your in your mind, in your heart, and everything about you, you are you are doing it. You're making it happen. And and that's really what God's looking for. He's gonna He's gonna provide. He's gonna He's gonna call. He's gonna give you a call. He's gonna put a, a passion on your heart. Right. He's gonna give you this thing. And even though everybody else may think it's nuts, everybody else thinks it's crazy. God is gonna confirm it in one way, shape or form. And then he's looking for full on commitment, knowing full well that we're going to come up short. Mm -hmm. He is going to, I call it like God's legal gambling, right? It's like, like, you know, really, that's kind of what it almost feels like. It's like, yeah. you throw everything out on the table and you know, you're going to come up short and he's just going to make up the difference. That's just, yep. that's just what happens, which is, you know, and the beauty of it is, is now that's come full, that's that's materialized this place where my wife and I and a bunch of other extreme sports guys get to travel the country doing what we love to do with the purpose of sharing who Jesus is and what he did in our life. That's awesome. You know? 
And so you're not, it's not, your ministry is not just dirt bikes, right? No, no, we have, so we do freestyle motocross, drift cars, um, street bike stunt riding, you know, where you sit on the handlebars and ride wheelies, Mm -hmm. Um, a four wheeler. We have a four wheeler that will ride. I think our record is we've got 10 people on it riding wheelies on our four wheeler. Oh man. Riding a wheelie. Um, Supermoto, which is a dirt bike with street bike tires. Okay. Um, and then tri- and then trials as well. Yeah. So we have trials bikes. Guys like are, they're just basically like billy goats with on a dirt bike. They can climb up the backside of a van or a bus. I had a I had a top. friend that did that. Yeah. Yeah. So we include that type of stuff. And then we have a, we have a 15,000 watt sound system that we mm-hmm. bring with. And so we have a full DJ and an LED video wall. So it's really the whole idea is just to have a full on um, shock and awe Jesus experience. That's awesome. And so it was you and your wife mm-hmm. initially to begin with, uh, yeah. how big is your, how big was your crew and how big is your crew now? Uh, it started with probably, I don't know. There's probably, it started with probably two or three others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it grew to like four or five. Now we're at like, so we're at people Dang, we got people all over the country and it just, it just depends. Like, so it depends on where we're at and what we need to bring. But I would say there's probably 15, 16 people that are part of what we do. Not necessarily all at the same time that we go. Right. Um, it just depends on, on what's what, but there's probably 15 or 16 of us. Oh, nice. Um, you know, that go and ride. Like we have our rig and our gear stationed in, in, in Georgia, just outside of Savannah. Mm-hmm. And then what we'll do is like, we'll go wherever. You know, like we got events scheduled this coming year in Montana. Um, we got some in, in uh, let's see, Minneapolis, St. Paul already coming up for 2023. Um, yeah, so we'll just take the rig and then some people will drive in with their bike or whatever they're bringing and other people will fly in because we have stuff on our rig, you know, that they'll just yeah. jump on and ride and stuff like that. Yeah. How hard is it to find venues? Um, you know, initially it was pretty challenging because nobody that extreme sports evangelism wasn't a thing right um so like to get them to like wait a minute um what are we bringing here and what does that look like (laughs) it it didn't you know what i mean it didn't resonate like a lot of people just had a hard time really digesting that um but now we're getting calls from all over the place you know saying hey why don't you kind of come and it's still it's still kind of a like where they don't necessarily until you really see it you can watch on the videos you can do that but when you're there and you see people's hearts just blow wide open because we're not there to tell anybody what to do or what not to do. Yeah. Um, we're just there to say, Hey, God loves you. He wants to meet you in your mess. We all got our mess. A lot of our guys have struggled through addiction and, and you know, all sorts of different things. And so we just, we're very upfront and honest about it. And, and um, once people experience that and they see, people that come because it's not your it's not the people that tend to come to our events aren't people that would typically darken the doorstep of a church or go right. to go to a christian event but they will come to watch someone backflip a dirt bike yes they will <laughs> and and so and and again we're not we're not pushy in any way we just say hey this is who we are this is our act of worship mm-hmm. and that usually twists people up a little bit right up front like wait a minute dirt bikes worship it doesn't it doesn't quite mix it in there. It doesn't mind. jive to the social norms. <laughs> no, no. And, um, but it opens the door like, okay, all right, that's them. This is me. And, and they'll watch. And then we, we, they, they come to a place where when we share the gospel, we share the gospel at kind of like the apex of the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's, people are just like, well, all right, you know. So, and then I got our cat jumping up. Nah. <laughs> on my things here. So, anyway, yeah. So that's so as far as as far as finding venues, it's really not difficult at all. Like people, once they experience and once they see it, um, then that's pretty much that. Then they're like, "Man, we want you guys to keep coming back." Heck yeah, you know, I'm definitely of, gonna have the, to because of the impact it makes. But sure, you know, yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to hit you up, and find out when you're coming to Montana because that yeah, I it, I gotta look at the dates because it's not 100 percent confirmed yet. So I think I want to say it's June. Uh, I think it's 11th. I think. Yeah, because you know you can't travel there in the winter time. No, no. And then, I, then, well, you would know fire season. They said that's yeah. the one thing up that way. It's Troy, Montana. 
Okay. And um, so fire season, they said it gets, um, it can get like a lot of smoke and a lot of stuff. And even though the fires aren't right where they're at, it tends to kind of congregate wherever they're yeah, at. Well, and so, it just get, yeah, it just gets smoky all around yeah. here every year. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of snow though, we had talked earlier and you had, you had done some, uh, some snowmobiling, right? As yeah, initially, or I can't remember if it was initially or if it was, uh, and that's you transitioned back into dirt bikes, right? Yeah. When we lived in Michigan, it was the upper peninsula, uh, upper peninsula of Michigan. Um, some friends of mine, I've always been into the extreme sports, anything with race fuel and with enough power <laughs> that you can get yourself hurt on. I was yeah. always like, let's give her a go. And so they were into the powder snowmobiling mm-hmm. in the Upper Peninsula because there's some of those places up there that I want to say one place their record is 490 inches of snow. Golly. You know, the lake effect and all that stuff. Yep. So it's it's comparable to what is, what's out west and all that. So Even probably more too. Some, uh, I don't know. We used to, so we started, there were some places we'd go up to British Columbia, Revelstoke, British Columbia. We mm-hmm. did the whole Montana thing. Um, Washington. Uh, so we started going on little tours in the wintertime. We'd go up and try and find the deepest, steepest stuff we could find. And so I had a, I had a, uh, a skidoo rev that was built pretty good. And mm-hmm. so we would go and, and go snowmobile, climb some of the, climb some of those mountains out there. And get into some pretty sticky situations. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. With those things. <laughs> but but yeah, so I did the snowmobiling and then after a couple avalanches and some of that stuff, because you get into the you get into the climbing season, it tends to be where the you know, the snowpack is is conducive to avalanches. You start getting into the March, April time frame. Yeah. And some of that stuff starts to slide. Um, after a couple of those close calls, that's when it was time to kind of put that one up. I gotcha just a little too dangerous. <laughs> well, it, you know, it was just, it was a matter of risk versus reward. It's like, you know, at that point I, I was, I was a believer, you know, or, am, you know, I was, I was started, I was a believer at the very beginning and like seeking what God wanted me to do. And, and, and we started zero gravity, but it wasn't, you know, and God was just like, Hey, you know, this is cool and all, but this isn't necessarily the purpose. So it was yeah. like, you know what I mean? The impact that was being made through the snowmobiling wasn't quite like it is with what we do now. So mm-hmm. it just had to refocus. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So I had, oh shoot, it logged me off here. So what kind of, does every event, what is it, what is it like? Do you have to tailor it to the place that you're, that you're going? Is it, um, motocross one place or is it a mix of all these uh, extreme sports, the skateboarding, the, the four wheeler uh, pile on or however you put it. Yeah. Is it, is it all in one, one shot? Um, It can be, it can be. I mean, that's, that's really the beauty of what we do is, is we, we pretty much tailor stuff specific, you know? I mean, cause otherwise like we could literally fill a football stadium with ramps and all that stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, football field and, and load it down and literally drop the X games, the fast and the furious and the digital rock concert in, you know, in a football stadium. Sure. Um, but yet at the same time, we can have it be on a smaller scale of things where maybe we just show up with a couple of things and, and do some wheelie, the stunt riding type stuff, you know? Yeah. So it, it really, it depends on the room that's available. It depends on the budget people do have because it's not it's not a cheap thing by any means. Just because, just one of our bikes is ten to fifteen grand, you know. Um, right. After it's all said and done, and one crash, those things can be toast. <laughs> um, they're basically just scrap metal at that point. But um, so so it, yeah, most of it's all cut. It's tailored specific for it. But we do have what we call our perform excuse me, our performance menu that kind of gives people a place to start and Mm -hmm. say, Hey, here's some ideas. Here's some things that we can do. Um, these are the costs associated, the room that's necessary, all that type of stuff. Um, and then, and then from there it's like, you know, but we can tailor it and move things around, you know, for whatever, whatever you want us to do. That's cool. What kind of, what kind of bikes are you, are you running? It, everybody's different as far as the riders. Um, I, I ride a Honda CR250. It's an older one. Um, that's okay. one of the things. It's a two-stroke, um, mm-hmm. so it's it's a little lighter. It's just what I like to ride. Um, my Supermoto is a Yamaha 450 four-stroke, okay. a little torqueier, um, built more. It's it's really a lot easier with the wheelies and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Um, the four wheeler is a Kawasaki 400. It's not a big powerhouse, but the balance and everything about it's really, really good. Um, some of the other guys, like they, they run the YZ two fifties. That's mm -hmm. those, that's pretty much one of the only two strokes in production anymore. Um, you know, KTM has, um, there's a couple others that are out there, but, um, and, but a lot of the guys are going to the four fifty four strokes for the freestyle. Yeah. yeah I've, so, I've seen that. And it seems I, I've seen, especially the two strokes being moved away from yeah here lately. It's not, they're not as available. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's just really personal preference. I love riding the two stroke. I love the sound. I love the smell. Oh it's yeah. Just, you know what I mean? They're yeah. so, they're just so it's, they're different, but I do like riding my four stroke as well. You they're know, scary and, and fast though. Yeah. The four strokes are just, the torque is there. Um, it's just, um, you can be a little late. I hate to say it this way, but you can be a little lazier on a four, four stroke, but just as fast, mm -hmm. um, just because you don't have to shift as much and, and, um, and all that, but they are a little bit heavier. So you got to work a little harder. So it just, you know, it's, again, it's really more personal preference, but the newer four fifties are just monsters. They just, they're just monsters. And there's actually some of these electric bikes. Um, there's one, and I can't remember the name of it. A typical 454 stroke is probably in the 65 horsepower range ish, something mm -hmm. like that, which is pretty decent for the power to weight. And this one electrical bike, and I can't remember the name, it's 80 horsepower. Jeez. 80 horsepower. And these P, it's stupid fast. Is it a hus Husky? And, no, it's uh, or... it's made. It's a British, it's a British company. Um, this year is the first year that they're making them, and it's just really it's it's uh it's really making an impact i think there's people that are kind of standing off just waiting to see how the company does and and if it's going to be reliable and stuff like that but the power and everything there's nothing that's going to touch it just, the speed comparable well the speed you're talking it's it's you know 15 to 20 horsepower more than any other production motor dirt bike that's out right. there a so the power is just insane and it's immediate power. oh yeah like, like a typical even a two-stroke you have to get to a certain RPM to get to that power peak, band that place that, you know, that power band and all that. Yeah. A four stroke is a lot broader, broader. Like, you know, you still have a certain thing, but it's, it's really, really wide where there is no, there is no torque curve on a, on a, an electric bike. It's all there or not. Like it's, <laughs> as soon as you roll on it, it's instant. Like it's there. And That's so crazy. I would love to it, ride one of them. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to getting on one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So. But that's that's the direction the industry's going. That's a, a direction a lot of things are going. I'm gonna I'm gonna be bummed when they when there's no more. But that won't be in my lifetime. I'm still right. gonna ride my two stroke. I love the smell. It's that's exactly what it is. It's the smell. Uh, yeah. yeah. And the sound. It's like a chainsaw on steroids. Like it's yeah. just it's like a monster chainsaw on steroids. And there's something when you hear one of those two strokes just singing. It's like, yep. 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 So yeah, that reminds me awesome. of the talking about all that i had uh the first time i got on to man i don't know what it was maybe it was a oh it's just a buddy of mine his dad worked on they just had all kinds of fun little toys you yeah. know dad would fix up something it was the first time i got on a 450 my goodness that thing was huge <laughs> huge and fast and you just easy to ride but you've got to respect incredibly because they, you can get a really false sense of security on one of those bikes yeah and if you just gas it it would it would yeah. jump on you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so so yeah it's i don't know it's one of those things it's just an awesome thing when it comes to all this all like just the extreme sports all the stuff put together where god um god just allows you to live a life that is beyond what you even think is real it's i, I think of one of my life verses i guess is where first corinthians 2 9 that says no ear can hear, no eye can see, no human mind can conceive what God has for those who love him. And to be able to take a goofball from Los Angeles and, and be in a place to where I get to, I get to do, not that it, not that life doesn't have its struggles and its ins and outs, but at the same time, um, still be able to each and every day go, wow, you know, God is so good. Yeah. And you're still actively riding, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't do freestyle anymore. I quit jumping a few years back. I crashed in our yard and I just, you got it. You got to ride. It's, it's one of those things that you got to be on every day. Like yeah. You got to be riding pretty much every day to keep your skills sharp, everything about it. I wasn't doing that. I decided to start hitting the ramps again. My wife was out in the yard 
I crashed in the yard and she was out there and she turned around and said, uh, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, my bike was wadded up pretty good. And then she's like, um, are you done with that yet? I'm like, yep, I think so. So I'm going to have oh. to turn in my, my, my flight suit on a dirt bike in for now. I just, now I do the wheelies and the stuff on the ground. Ah, like there that. you go. But yeah, but I still get to ride a lot. I still go out and ride moto. I still, you know, um, I may hit the ramps every now and again, but not not seventy five feet like the other guys are doing. Right. Stuff like that. <laughs> Let, let's leave that for the younger bucks. <laughs> yeah, leave them for young bucks. So, so where where do you see then? Uh, what's your goal for the ministry long term? You no, know, we're we're expanding. See, the thing is, is what God's called us to do is to to um, to expand beyond just going and doing event based ministry continue to use the the attention getting power of extreme sports mm-hmm. but really focus a lot on partnering with the local church um, and local faith community um, organizations that want to see the unchurched and the ones that have fallen through the cracks reached mm-hmm. um, it's just nowadays I mean especially in the last two years um, just society has changed so much. And the, the ball has moved so much that, that I think when you look at typically like a lot of, a lot of churches and stuff, they're having a hard time. Like, how do we reach these people? Like number one, the language is totally different. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how are we to identify and how do we, how do we reach those people? And it's, it's not that they don't want to, it's just, it's, it's changed so much that it's a hard thing to kind of keep a hold of. Um, So now what we're, what we're, what we're putting together for 2023 and forward is to really provide resources to teach and train evangelism within that specific community. Cause it's just a whole different, it's a whole different place now, but at the same time, the discipleship, what does that look like based on the community that's out there? Because if you look at what's going on, people, there's just so many more people running from the church than running to the church. And that's just a reality. Like Barna yep. did a study where they're saying now that um, only 47% of, of people in the United States are actually like associated with the church. Right. So that means 53%. That's the first time that that's ever happened, mm-hmm. you know, is, is there in the, is in that place. So with that being said, there's, there's, there's a, a disconnect. And somehow, and and some of it is because I think that it's just the ball has moved so much. The other thing is the enemy has been very active in polluting people's mind into what church is. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I've and, I agree. And so now, what we're we're there is we're the we're kind of like that group that has the ability to bridge the gap. We can kind of we have an ability to reach a group of people that are very difficult to reach. I mean, they yeah. actually come to us, um, and then we have just from my military background, it's like a battle handoff. Like we'll go in. It's like, we're, it's kind of like we're God's special forces. We go into this place where most others can't mm-hmm. and we're able to do, um, we're able to reach those people. And then in that we bring them, you know, we do this rescue operation. We bring those people out and connect them to the local church to be able to, to do that. Now, with that being said though, um, you can't disciple the way that it was done 10 years ago. No, even sometimes five years ago, it's just, it's just different. So now we have training and stuff that we've, that, that we partnered with a group out of Houston, Texas Mm -hmm. to be able to, it called eyes on me Inc. And they have this disciple, the streets program. So we partnered with them to implement their discipleship evangelism and discipleship training. So now before we even go in, we'll teach and train people. This is what's coming. These are the type of people that are going to come and get them prepared for that. Yep. So then once we're there, then they know what's coming. And once we leave, they can take the ball and run with it. And they're not going to be like, okay, we have no idea what to do with these people. because It's just it's so out of whack. I think some so, people, you know, I think some people get scared, you know, like some people within the church. I mean, you get, um, you know, you take, okay, so let me back up. And, un, you know, somebody that hasn't grown up in the church and stuff, they have a perception that, you're going to run into a bunch of judgy people and, uh, and then the people in the church, you know, see a guy like me or whatever, somebody that doesn't look like I don't dress up, you know, yeah. and it's just, I think it's all stereotypical. Um, 
something that we have to get over, you know, because there's some a lot really, of miscommunication. Exactly. Really for more, for lack of a better word, just a lot of miscommunication, you know, cause I go in places and I'm like, you know, I'm sleeved up with a tattoo and stuff. Yeah. Like that. I've got, like, I'm working on one right here. Yeah. <laughs> and I got so another like, one up here that I've been, yeah, I got my next session. Here. So I just, yep. I just got, I got this stuff here and then it goes all the way up and in and then, Oh, that's know, awesome. Then, I love that one on your shoulder there. Yeah. Well, it's all, it's all, so it's, you know, it's all part of my transition from being a warrior for the country to being a warrior for the kingdom. Yeah. That's, there's a whole story behind it. So when I do talk to people, it's like, they're like, Holy cow. And then it's, you'd be able to kind of share. Oh, and for the people that aren't going to be watching this, cause we don't have a video edition, you know, we don't have this on video right now. Oh, gotcha. um, we're, we're talking about ink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're both yeah. inked up Christians. So, yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things. So yeah. So sometimes, and then you have the people though, that what they do is, is, is they're like, man, I've, I've, I've made too many mistakes. I've, I've done too many things wrong. They don't want me there anyway. And that's God, that's, that is such a, a lie from the enemy um, mm-hmm. that that's, that that's true. God, God is, it just, it doesn't matter who you are, where you, you know, what you've been through, what you've done, where you're coming from. He wants you in, in their life. If they're like, there, there is no, there's no rules in that. Like whatever, whatever it is, just look to God. He's going to take care of it from there. You don't have to come there all cleaned up and looking pretty. He's like, you just exactly. roll in and however, whatever mess you happen to be in. And he's going to clean you up after that. Well, here's a fun story. I had, um, I was talking with a guy and I, I was like, oh man, you know, I gotta, I gotta get prepared for this podcast. This was several weeks ago, about a month ago or so. And uh, he's like, oh, what's your podcast about? I was like, oh, you know, it's a Christ-centered podcast. You know, we talk about Bible and we have guests on and all that. And he's like, well, you don't look like a preacher. I was like, man, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. It's like that's the goal. Is you know, yeah. I don't look like a preacher. And yeah. that's not exact. You know, we're just trying to do our part to bring people to God's kingdom. You know. Well, yeah, and and especially if someone ever tells me that, because I am a pastor now, I've I've gone through the whole process for that stuff. If someone comes to me and says, "Man, you don't look like a Christian or a, or a pastor," and I'm like, "Well, thank you." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's, it's like I don't know what you're thinking it's supposed to look like, but obviously, you know, um, it's 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 not what it is. Well, it goes into know? everything that we've been talking about. Why you got into the ministry you got into, and you yeah. know, it's exactly it's stereotyping. Absolutely. And the thing is, is, is again, when I, when I was younger, I was just that guy that, um, you know, I grew up, you know, in a, in a Spanish community, half my family's Spanish from Mountain California. And it's like, um, you know, so very heavy Catholic and again, nothing against any of that type of stuff, but, um, it was just kind of one of, one of those things that, um, when I, I saw there, what I did see, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I don't, that's that. Okay. God's. That's great. I, there is a God, but he's got way bigger things to worry about than me. Yeah. You know, and that's really what I looked at. It's like, God, you do you. I'm going to do me. But there was a whole big circle that came around where, where me and me and the wall hit pretty hard. And God's like, okay, now are you ready to look my way? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and everybody comes to that place. You get to that place where you run out of gas. You just got nothing left in the tank. Um, you know, you're at a place where, where you can't do it on your own anymore mm-hmm. and and you, you have no place else to look but up. And for some people that tends to get, that could very well be a deeper and a darker place than others. You know? yeah. and for me, it was a pretty deep and dark place, but, you know, and hopefully there's others that don't have to get to that level, but sometimes some people may have to go a little deeper. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Sweet. Well, hey, man, we're I think we're starting to get a little low on time here, but uh, what uh, where can people find a schedule if they wanted to come see to one of your events or is there is there anything set in stone here? I know you're busy next week. I think you're getting ready to do an event. Aren't you? Yeah, we have an event coming up in Statesboro, Georgia, just outside of Savannah. That's the 29th of October, Saturday, the 29th. Most of our events, we really encourage people not to charge, just get local sponsorship to cover. So it's free. Oh, that's awesome. Um, this event is one of those free ones where it's like, hey, just come, just come. And um, and there's no charge. There's, you know, there's no uh, place to get in. But the best thing to do is go to uh, zerogravityoutreach.com. That's our website. That'll have that'll have some updated stuff. Some of the that's we're not we haven't don't have it updated for 2023 yet. Okay. But that'll be coming here probably in the next probably 30 days or so. 
Perfect. Um, and then as we start locking in specific dates, but, but jump on our Facebook, you know, Facebook, zero gravity, look up zero gravity outreach, make sure you have the outreach part in there yeah. because otherwise you'll get those zero gravity plane rides and all that stuff. <laughs> um, but go to zero gravity outreach on Facebook or Instagram, and then you'll be able to kind of follow and see, see what we got rolling. Perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. I know I'll be checking it out because I want to catch yeah, up yeah. Montana one. I know the there's kids. a lot of videos on there, a lot of, and we're gonna do more. We're actually working on. Um, we bought a side by side, so we're gonna work on backflipping that. Um, what? We'll see. We'll see really? How that, yeah, we'll see how that. We'll see how that goes. We're for sure gonna try and put it together to do like do some drifting with it. Um, our oh, 800 man. horsepower drift car is a bit on the. It's just it takes a lot of room and it makes it difficult because yeah. it's just very specific places. So. The side by sides with the drifting is a lot more conducive to more more places that we can use it. That's going to be interesting. What are you going to have to reach up on the handle? Well, well, now if you, yeah, if you're getting like a, I'm thinking of a like a mule side by side. No, no, this I'm one's thinking, a Yamaha. The one we bought, they have an it's e-brake. A, it's a it's a shift, like it's a sequential shift. So you don't have like a four, like you don't have where you have like an H pattern shift. Mm-hmm. It's basically you push it forward and you shift through the gears, five gears, just like you would a normal car. Gotcha. But instead of like moving it up and to the right or whatever, you just keep yanking it back and it just keeps going through the oh, gears. Oh, well, that's you know? pretty so sweet. So it's a sequential shift. So it has a clutch. It's just like driving a little car, but it's like we have this one tuned to where it's probably 105 to 110 horsepower to the ground, and it's really small, really light, and it sounds it sounds like a Formula One race car. So no it way. Are you, you know? I, oh, I meant to ask you before we get off here. Are you guys doing all the work yourselves? Do you guys do all the tuning and, and everything yourselves? or For the most part, yes. Yes, we do all of our own building, all of our own fabbing. As a matter of fact, our semi that we have, we bought a semi, cut it in half, stretched it 10 feet built it specifically for what we needed it for. So everything we have, all of our ramps and all that are very, like we build our own stuff just because it's very specific. That's awesome. And most places, you know, it's just, they don't deal in that. There's very few that do that. Our suspension now gets sent out to certain places Mm -hmm. to get done. And then there's one mechanic that I use specifically around here when it gets to certain places, you know, transmission type stuff or whatever. I send that stuff to him and then he handles that. Cause he's just, he's really, really good and he knows what we do. So he just sets it all up that way. But as far Sweet. as most of the maintenance, we do it on our own. Sweet. All right, yeah. man. Well, I think we'll get to wrapping this up. Thank you for being on here. I love what you guys do. And I want to encourage everybody listening to check out zero gravity outreach. Um, anywhere Tim said to go, I'll post a link in the description and on all of our Facebook. If you follow that, check out the event coming up in Georgia. Georgia, yep. right? Yep. Georgia, yep. Statesboro, Georgia. Heck yeah. Lattimore there you go. Park, 29th of October. There you go. So yeah, thanks for being on. I, I love that. God loves crazy people. Doesn't yes, he? Yes, he does. Yes, Heck he does. Yeah. Yes, I would look forward does. to seeing whatever you guys come out with. And uh, I, I'm anxious to see it. I know my kids would just fly off the hook for that stuff. Oh, and people do. They lose their marbles. But that's the beauty of it. I mean, we're just there to have a good time. And we tell every everybody else, hey, you can have fun too. You don't have to jump dirt bikes, but God wants you to, God wants you to get crazy and have fun. Yeah, well, if fun. You, if I show up at one of those events, I, I'd want to jump it. I'm still kind of. <laughs> there you go. If you do, if you do, then get the video camera out because it's gonna be it's gonna be YouTube worthy. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> I don't know how well I, I'd probably break something, huh? <laughs> that's why it'd be YouTube worthy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. Well, Tim, thank you. Uh, this song coming up, you guys. Uh, at the end of this episode here, Anthony Morris just uh, posted a new single. So uh, enjoy it, listen to it, go download it, and we'll see you guys next time on Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. Bye. All right. Take care, man. Hey, guys, and thank you for listening to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. Give us a good rating on iTunes, good review, leave us five stars, and follow us on YouTube. Click that subscription bell. Keep up to date with the newest episodes. And don't forget to follow us on other social media outlets such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to email us at undauntedpursuit at gmail.com and go to our website at undauntedpursuit.podbean.com. And don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, go to Patreon, follow us on patreon subscribe to our channel there there's a small tier for donations any help any support this podcast is made possible by you the patron we thanks for listening we'll see you guys next time see ya we're waiting for the next big thing that we hope will satisfy
Jesus is waiting.